Ohio people with Mennonite views, and they're gonna give us some national news. Ohio Conference Cast. You are listening to Ohio Conference Cast, a podcast dedicated to sharing missional stories and other information about Ohio Mennonite Conference. Hello, this is Dick Barrett, and uh, I'm the conference minister for Ohio Conference and kind of serving in a different role today. I'm one of the co-hosts for this episode of the Ohio podcast for a couple reasons. One is we wanted to expand the podcast when our new co-hosts, the traditional ones of Ramon and Corbin, took it over. We wanted to also expand it to others that might be interested in hosting it as we look for different topics throughout the conference. So I am serving as the co-host today, and Alyssa Short, our volunteers coordinator, has agreed to serve as co-host with me. And one of the things that she has been working on is uh, our youth worker retreat, which is coming up in October 15th to 17th. We're glad that you are able to join us. Alyssa and I will probably not be on too often because um, we also understand that we have to uh, probably come up with nicknames like Corbs and um, Moan if uh, we stay on too long. So uh, we're looking forward to the podcast today and um, hoping that others will take advantage of hosting it at some later time. Our guest today is Glenn Guyton. Most of you or many of you know Glenn to be the executive director of Mennonite Church USA. But Glenn actually wears many hats. He uh, not only the executive director of Mennonite Church USA, but he's written a couple of books. His most recent one is entitled We Awakened, Activate Your Congregation to Spark Lasting Change. And he has another one that we're going to be called uh, I Lead or something similar to that, and he'll be talking about that shortly. Um, but he also has lots of interest and lots of different things. He concerned about cultural competency and anti-racism. He talks a lot about the awareness of generational differences. And um, one of probably his most important passion is youth ministry, is kind of the role that he started with when he was first serving as a pastor. Um, He can sing. I've heard him sing. Um, (laughs) I actually saw him dance at the last convention. I'm not sure how good he is at that, but it was kind of an intro to to his dancing moves. Um, But I kind of like Glenn to just kind of introduce himself a little bit and tell us about what what excites him the most and uh, what are his own passions and what he likes doing. All right. Well, thank you so much. Dick, for that introduction, I, I don't. I don't think I'm a very good dancer. I think you might have saw me just twisting around at the end of uh, the the convention, but that's about it for my dancing skills. So, uh, what am I most passionate about? Dealing with people, leading people, connecting with people. I think that's the thing that I'm most passionate about, and probably why I got into ministry. That first book that I wrote is called The Ideal Me, and uh, it talks a little bit about you know, finding your gifts and and finding your passion. One of the things that I would be doing if I wasn't in ministry would be running a restaurant somewhere. I think that really relates to ministry gifts is just having the opportunity just to serve people, uh, set the stage for people, uh, prepare different experiences. So that's what I'm most, most passionate about. I like 
connecting to people and uh, being in roles where I can influence how things impact people's lives. How about one fun fact about yourself that most people don't know? One fun fact. I don't know. I think I've shared so much. I'm not sure what people know and what they don't don't know. But um, man, one fun fact. I'm trying to learn to play the guitar. I don't know if that's a, a fun fact or not. Okay. That's kind of my next next venture. I have a couple of guitars. I just actually just bought a new one. Uh, that's what all the guitar people tell me. They said, uh, go ahead and buy that guitar. You don't have to be good. Just go ahead and buy the guitar you want. So that's what I just did. I'm, okay. I'm waiting for it to come to the house. And, and you are a football fan too, but not an Ohio State football fan. So we probably don't want to say too much about that. Um, but mostly we're here today to talk about you've agreed to lead our youth workers retreat in october yeah Yeah. maybe talk a little bit about like your passion for youth and for like i said earlier one of the things that i i find um one of your passions or the recognition of generational differences and how the different generations and that we need to, if we're, to be the church for today, that we need to be aware of the different generations and how people respond to things. So talk a little bit about your passion for young adults and youth. Yeah, well, I think that I feel young people, there's still hope, right? They are, are still uh, nice and shiny. Uh, the world hasn't damaged them too much. And so as uh, now as an older person, I feel like, hey, you know, how do we help this next generation uh, live out their dreams. How do we prepare a place for them? I think that's very important. And, um, you know, young people are are still hopeful. Uh, I think that what that gives me hope. Uh, we all have a role to play in this society and, and young people are kind of coming up on what's next. So how do we pour into the lives of young people and how do we leave a legacy? You know, a, as I get older, I'm uh, more in tune with my my mortality the limited time that I have left, uh, but it's good to see that I can have an impact on you know my own my own kids as they get get older, but also uh, in shaping this next next generation. I think it's important that we leave something behind, uh, that we leave a legacy, and realize that our time is finite, but we can leave something back as we pour into the lives of of others. Well, we at Ohio Conference are so excited to be able to offer a youth worker retreat and have you come be our input speaker for it. Our retreat is entitled Equipped for the Journey, the Who, What, and How for Youth Leaders. This retreat is being offered at Camp Luz this October, um, October 15th through 17th for the entire weekend. And we are really looking forward to a time of being receiving input, receiving resourcing from Glenn, and but also receiving resourcing from each other. Because a lot of times we know that iron sharpens iron and we can really learn from a lot of other people that are in similar situations as us. So Glenn, I'd like to hear more from you about what we can expect to learn at this retreat. Yeah, that's a good question. I had to remember myself. What am I going to be training on? I, I speak so many places. So I said, well, let me look at my notes. What did I say that I'm going to share with the uh, wonderful people in the Ohio conference? I'm really going to start with uh, some information that I've worked on in 
uh, the ideal me book. Uh, it's a book that I wrote uh, helping young people and people that work with young people to uh, discover their call in a cluttered world. And I think that's really kind of at the essence of what we want to think about when we are youth workers. You know, how are we leading this next generation? How do we uh, help shape and form them as ministry leaders? And so really, I'm going to focus on three things. You know, the first is I am. And that's actually the first part of that analogy. The ideal me is uh, I am. So how who am I as a leader? You know, what gifts and skills do I bring to this this role? I think in order to be an effective leader, you really have to be uh, confident in who you are. You have to have a sense of where God has called you and the specific gifts that you bring to us to a situation. So that's my first kind of session that I'm going to work with the leaders there. And then the next part is I lead. Now, this is kind of a variation of what I'm doing, but I lead. I, I think one of the challenges that we face in Mennonite Church USA and in many institutions is is leadership. There's a difference between being a, a manager and being a, a leader. And I think as we think about Christian leadership, we really need to think about it in regards to discipleship. So how do we set that example? Where are we taking people to? Uh, that's a very important part. We're not just babysitters uh, in youth ministry. No, we are. We're leaders. We, we're helping to disciple the next generation. And so what does that mean? And then the the final part of that is you know, living that ideal life. So, or that ideal impact, you know, where's God calling us on this journey? Uh, the journey is a very important piece of this. It's not just kind of getting to that des- destination, but what, what does that journey look like? And, you know, we don't want to get so busy doing ministry that we miss all of the other things that are going on in our lives. Um, I, th- I think we live in such a polarized a world now that people are just kind of living in this space where it's kind of this all or nothing thing. But there's so many gray areas and I don't mean gray areas as far as, you know, moral choices, but there are so many like things to see along the way. It's not about just that final destination, but how do we get there? What's going to happen along the way? How do we deal with the complexities and ambiguity of life along the way? So it's not just about preparing people for this end game, but it's also preparing people for that, that those gray areas in life. How are they going to deal with that ambiguity? How are they, how are they going to deal with differences? How are they going to represent who they are with integrity when the world kind of throws all these other things and this clutter to them? I think that's an important part. And Glenn doesn't have all the answers, right? Glenn doesn't have all the answers. My goal in what I will share with the youth workers is to equip them to operate in this messiness. I think when I was younger, 25 years old, you know, I had all the answers. I had it all figured out. And now the older I get, the more I know that I don't know. Right. The less I know. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable saying, hey, I don't I don't have it all figured out right now. This is personal for you, too, as well, because you have children. Right. And how old are your children? Yeah, I do. They're, they're getting older uh, every year. They get a little <laughs> older. So uh, I have a uh, how old is my daughter? My son will be 20, 21 next year. And my daughter, I think she's uh, 24. Yeah, I think she's 24 now. So she's uh, uh, creeping on up there. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing to see, right? My uh, my kids, are, I think they're good kids. Uh, we haven't had any, any problems with them. Uh, I am trying to get my daughter out of the house. That's my only <laughs> challenge right now. She uh, came back home after COVID, so I need to get her 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 out of the house. Uh, but, and, but, you know, but they are 
I think pretty well adjusted kids and my son is, is really engaged in uh, different aspects of ministry. He's going to be participating in some some uh, Mennonite Church USA events, uh-huh. uh, but he's also, you know, part of a number of small groups in the community. Has a, a good sense of who he is, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm proud of where they're they're going, and I'm I'm glad they still kind of like us, right? They still want to hang yeah. around us. I was looking over the brochure for promoting this event a few weeks ago, and I was looking at the date and. Uh, I was actually pretty excited. I thought, man, I probably want to go to this. Glenn's coming, and he's going to be speaking in Ohio at Camp Luz. And I looked at the dates, October and 15th to 17th, and I looked on my calendar, and it says that I'm attending the Constituency Leaders Council meeting on October 15th to 17th. Yeah. Uh, was that planned? Well, you know, it's it's only so many dates on the calendar, and yeah. so this is the date that uh, <laughs> that worked out best, I think, with a number of things. And I think CLC can... Yeah, uh, go on without me. Yeah, well, <laughs> I will miss you. But I wish I could stay here to do it, but uh, we're glad that you're coming to Ohio. Yeah, yeah. So what would be your hope for people who attend the event? Um, like, what would you like them to take away when they leave? Yeah, I mean, I really want people to be comfortable with who they are as leaders and, you know, just have a sense of their skill set and, and where God is calling them. I think that's really important for us as leaders just to, Again, I think the more secure we are in our identity and, and, and our values, uh, the better we are equipped to lead. And we also know, I think, who, we're, who we are called to lead. You know, every leadership style doesn't fit with every group. Uh, I know some people probably prefer my leadership style. Other people don't maybe not like it at all. Uh, I try to be open to different groups and different people, but also understand what God has called me to do. And so that makes it somewhat easier. Leadership is always a challenge. Uh, you have your ups and downs. Dick, as I'm sure you, you know, uh, there are some days when I'm like, Lord, what am I doing in this, this role? It's like Moses. It's like, Lord, why, why did you call me these people? These people. Uh, but there are other days where I'm just overwhelmed. I'll say, man, I'm, God, I'm humbled uh, to be uh, in this role and, and uh, God, you blessed me, you know, by providing this opportunity for me. So I, I think you know, I just want the leaders just to have a good sense of who they are. I want them to to understand what their calling is. And uh, hopefully I can equip them or inspire them to uh, continue to to utilize those gifts. I've had a number of, of great mentors uh, in my life and people that have spoken to my life at different times. And I want to just leave them with something I think that will equip them uh, for whatever's next for their journey. I love that. Hearing you speak just makes me so excited for this event. I know we as planners have been excited about it from when we had talked with you initially and then seeing these topics and hearing you talk about them and just the importance of leadership and being equipped for the job that God has called us to do. Uh, It's just, I hope people will come out and attend this. You know, in addition to those those sessions that Glenn is talking about, we are also just hoping to have a really fun time together because what youth worker isn't fun, right? right. And so we are hoping we have some other fun activities planned. We have fellowship time built in. We have free time built in um, at Camp Laws. We have a worship session that we are also really excited about um, to kind of bring a closure on Sunday morning to our entire weekend together. Mm-hmm. We just hope people will come out and to learn not only from Glenn and all he has to offer to us, but also from each other. And a couple of the things you brought up, Glenn, talking about leadership and youth ministry, a couple other questions for you today. What are some things that make youth ministry so difficult? 
adults. <laughs> no, uh, you, you know, I always say that youth youth leaders have a have to have a unique gift, or I think a good youth leader really has to have these unique gifts. They have to be able to minister not only to the children but also to the adults. Parents are primarily tasked scripturally to raise their kids, right? It's it's known like real youth ministry in the Bible per se. And so the challenge is, is that youth leaders only have so much time with uh, these kids. You have parents who are the greatest influence in the lives of children and hopefully the best influence. Then you have all their peers who are a big influence. And then youth leaders may get them for an hour, you know, two hours a week. And so you're trying to speak into their lives in a very short period of time about very specific things when they have all these other influences going on. And youth leaders can be, a, you know, a sense of a, or a place of refuge. You know, that youth ministry can be a place of refuge, but it's really hard to overcome all of the other things that impact these kids. I always said when I was a youth pastor that I was most successful with the kids that didn't need me. Now, I don't, I don't know if this is true, but this is how I've always felt. The kids that had supportive parents that, you know, encouraged them to come to youth group. I felt like I had the greatest impact on those kids. And, and those are the kids that say, hey, you know, we're so, so grateful for everything that you've done. You've been so important to our lives. And I felt like, hey, you didn't even need me in your life. But then the other kids that were struggling, that had tough situations to overcome, I felt like they were the biggest challenge. Like, how do I reach these kids when there's so much going on in their in their lives? And and I feel like I've had some success with a few of those kids, but some of the kids, you know, you just feel like you've lost them. And then, you know, now me being um, over what, 30 years removed from being, a, you know, in this youth ministry thing, you know, every now and then a kid that I thought was kind of lost or that was gone, they'll send me a message. Hey, you remember when you did such and such? That had such an impact on my life. And I'm thinking like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> But they have these stories. I had a I had a young person tell me about a, a guitar that I had given him. I, I didn't remember giving this kid this guitar. And he said, yeah, I passed the guitar on to my son. It was so meaningful to me when you bought me this guitar. I didn't even remember that. But it had an impact on on uh, his life. So I, I think I want to encourage youth leaders just to keep you know pressing forward. Uh, you may feel like the time that you have with these kids is. It's too too little, uh, and that you're not having an impact, but you but you just never know. Uh, you just never know. So, is the impact you're playing is that what makes it all worth it? Yeah, it does make it make it worth it, and I think I have the benefit of you know being removed from it for for a number of years, and so I'm still in contact with many of my kids that I start off with. Of course, they're in their mid thirties now. They still reach out. Uh, one of my former students, who I kind of thought again, one of these ones that I thought. I had lost was uh, text me about a teaching job. You know, hey, do you have any connections? You know, can you help uh, connect me with some people in Texas? And uh, then he was like, yeah, you know, he was telling another friend of mine he was that I was connecting him with. He was like, yeah, you know, Glenn has been a mentor uh, for me for over 20 years. I'm thinking like, you don't even hardly talk to me. But in his mind, I've had this this impact, uh, this connection. And I, and I, I mean, I do reach out to him periodically but in his mind i played a bigger role and i think like man i thought i really had you know lost you uh for a while but you know now he has a family and and now many of the things that i hoped that he would have done in his life he's actually doing so 
sometimes it just takes a while. And when you're in the middle of it, you don't see it. I have other young people that work with me that I've hired that have come to to convention that have come uh, to work as in staff roles or contractor roles for the denomination. Uh, some that have helped me personally in other ways. And so it's just nice to be in a place now where I can see some of the fruit of of all the labor, all the sleepless nights uh, and hear the stories. Uh, you know, now that I'm removed from that and they're adults and they have their own families or their own ministries. I think one of the exciting things is that it's called a youth worker retreat as opposed to a youth pastor retreat. Mm-hmm. Because in, in the church today, it seems like um, we don't have a lot of youth pastors. And, mm-hmm. and I think our leaders are, need to realize that a youth worker can sometimes have more impact than the pastors. Because just like for pastors, I think there's an expectation that, oh, they, that person needs to do it or that's where mm-hmm. that person needs to focus. and. I think for our churches to continue to grow, that we need people that that have a passion for youth, mm-hmm. um, that are volunteers, that are yeah, are willing to to fill that role and and to recognize just how important that role really is. And like you said, they might not realize it for a while, but um, right. it plays an important part in, in people's lives. So, anything that you would like to add? Yeah, I think we're really thinking about uh, talking about intentional discipleship with young people. And so how does that play out in the church? It doesn't necessarily have to be a seminary trained pastor on staff to do that. I think it's it's all of our responsibility. Now, you know, you do need youth workers. You need people that can execute these things. But I think even as uh, the senior pastors, senior leaders realize that young people are a part of the church and that they are an important ministry. You can't just kind of kick them off to the, the youth room and and think they're going to just grow and thrive. No, they really need to be incorporated throughout the life of the church. And you may have youth workers that help facilitate that. But I think it's all of our responsibilities to to create an environment that our young people can grow and, and thrive. And we want to support our youth workers. We don't want to just kind of cast them off and, hey, just, you just go do the youth thing and you just stay over there. No, they need to be a an integral part of whatever ministries we have in our local congregations, because how are we going to expect them to stay? How is our denomination, our conference, how is it going to thrive if we don't have these young people who stay connected and who know who we are, who have a a deep sense of our our values as a congregation or conference? We we need to to develop that. We need to, to train them, teach them up in the way that they should go. That's how we stay strong as, as a church. That's how, we um, keep the values uh, of our denomination, of our conferences. It's really through uh, continuing to speak into the lives of our young people and providing a very positive experience for them. As much as our the MCUSA convention this year was different than it has been because of COVID and yeah. a lot less people being able to attend in person, but one of the things that stood out to me was just the the overlap between the different generations. Mm-hmm. And, and it just seemed we were in a more closer area, and it just seemed like wherever you went, you they were people from all different ages. And they yeah. may, they might have gone to different seminars, but we worshiped together. We went to Bible study together, and it was just uh, sometimes I think we can get too segregated by even yeah. by age, right? It's nice to have everybody together. Yeah, it is. And I think we struggled with that for a number of years. Yeah, with the worship services, they were all really separate, but 
adults would always sneak into the, the youth worship. And Didn't so have a now, lot of youth speak sneaking into the adult ones. No, it wasn't going the other way. So uh, it was a few, though. It was a, it's a yeah. few young people that like a different type of worship. So we're, we're, we've uh, tried to be intentional about that. And I think this is our second kind of more integrated series of worship. And I've been pleasantly surprised with the outcome of that. And I think we, we're still kind of trying to find the right balance with the, our worship style. I don't think it's necessarily a youth style or an old people style. I think that we just have some cultural things that we have to pay attention to right. being being Mennonites. Yeah, I've, I've been pleased, you know, to, to see the excitement. And I think it's good. It's, it's good for some of the, the more gray head people in the church <laughs> to see that youthful enthusiasm. And hopefully it reminds them of why we're doing this, right? Yeah. It's not about us old people. We, we've had our time. Yeah. In the sun, and not that I'm, I'm not trying to worship young people. I think it's a place for all of us, but it, it just excites me to see the smile on these young people's faces. Our new uh, moderator, uh, elect John Carlson. You know, he's pretty young. He's he's, yeah. he's he's young to me. Him and his son were working uh, together uh, backstage at convention. His son is uh, I, I think it's middle school, and his son was just so happy. I just saw his son walking around and backstage doing stuff. I was like, man, that kid is so happy. And he's sitting here working next to his dad. I'm like, how can you get more church than that? Isn't that what we should all be doing? You know, working together as families, you know, these generations working together to serve the the larger body of Christ. It was was just so, it made me happy just to see that. Well, Glenn, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule and being with us today. And um, as I said, I'm kind of sad that I won't be there on October 15th and 17th, but we are looking forward to you coming to Ohio, and um, we hope that many already youth workers, leaders, will think about uh, coming to the retreat, and uh, maybe people that think they might be being called to uh, okay. to work with youth. We're hoping that we will get quite a few people to come out and join us uh, for that weekend. All right, I'm looking forward to meeting everyone. Okay, thank you again for joining us. Ohio people with Mennonite views And they're gonna give us some missional news Ohio Conference Cast Thank you for listening to another edition of Ohio Conference Cast. We would love to hear from you. Our email is ohioconferencecast at gmail.com Ohio Conference Cast is brought to you by the Ohio Conference Leadership Team, along with Norm Sohar, Sound Engineer, Megan Sohar, VoiceOver, Ann Lehman, Publisher, and our many guests and listeners. <laughs>